Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Till we're on. Come on, Ron! What? We're on the air right now. Oh. <clears throat> I'm ready. Good evening, I'm Ron Burgundy. Here's what's going on in your world tonight. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. The all-new Kia Nero, available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. Yeah, welcome to it. Uh, Tuesday night, welcome to Sports Day. Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews here. Badge on the holidays will be back in about about, uh, around about two weeks' time, and then Sats has a well-deserved one week off. <laughs> All right? That's it. How come I get one week? He gets three. I'll tell you why. You want the truth? I'll tell you, Yeah, okay, go. Can I tell you not the truth? No, because you are the most valuable member of <laughs> Sports Day. What? No, Oprah. I love that when about probably about June, July, a badge came in one day. And you know, everyone, just to give you a bit of a life in – in times of Gary Belcher, he's the most organised human being in the world. So he yeah. walks in and says, okay, let's organise everyone's holidays. Can we put it on the calendar? June. Okay, yeah, no worries. This is in June, July. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Okay. Well, yeah, I just want to let you know that I've already booked flights yeah, no. for the day after the grand final. We're what in are COVID. We ta- what We're are we co- talking about it for if you've already booked flights? We're in COVID. Yeah. It was incredible. Look, I didn't mind because then I got my holiday, so I'm mm. not too disappointed in that. Hello to our listeners through the Super Radio Network. I reckon one of my favourite radio stations in Australia has got to be 2HD in Newcastle. Hello. Lots of listeners through 2HD. Love to hear from you tonight. Also, our SEN Network, 16.20am on the Gold Coast, 11.70am in Sydney, uh, SENQ, 6.93am in Brisbane, and, of course, 13.23am in Canberra. You can also listen to us via the SEN track family. Hello, everyone in Curry Curry. Curry Curry. Home of Curry Bulldogs. Is this a personalised Cheerio you're doing now at the start of every show? Oh, it's just when my so, so dad I, was brought up. Okay, so I might bring – oh, well, they'll be listening through 2HD. 2HD. Our favourite radio station. Apart from the ones we work for, they're yeah. a very good radio station. I've dug myself a hole. Uh, and hello to our listeners through the SEN track family throughout New South Wales and Queensland. And if you're listening via the SEN app, hello to you. And if you're listening to the podcast, it's a great show. We say that all the time. This is one of the greatest shows you're here today. It is very good. <laughs> Lots of great text messages. Uh, on 0457 736 736. Someone has the chance to win a, a double pass to the Golden Eagle race day at Rose Hill on Saturday, the 29th of October, thanks to Racing New South Wales. Thanks that, to Peter Volandis, uh, Racing it, New South Wales. Absolutely. Rugby league. No, racing. <laughs> Is that all he ever says? Anyway, uh, yes, uh, thanks, Pete, for giving us the, uh, this double pass. Best text or caller tonight will win that. one three hundred. 01170 is our phone number, or 0457 736. 736 is our text number. Don't forget to tell us where you're from, 
how you're listening, what you're up to, and whatever you want to talk about tonight. Lots going on. So it's one of your great mates, and I'd say the greatest journalist in Australia, yes, better than Tracy Grimshaw, is joining us tonight on the show. Well, this is on the back of our conversations with uh, with really good podcasts out there. It doesn't have to be podcasts, just podcasts in general. And I've got to say, uh, one of our listeners last night, <laughs> Mark from Beverly Hills said, hey, look at Unravel True Crime, Baron Joey Road. I started listening to it today. Yeah. Outstanding. Okay, good. Thank you, but Mark But what about the bloke Hills. who's coming on the show? So on the back of the podcast is uh, we've got Hedley Thomas coming on to talk about uh, the teacher's pet and uh, the influence that had on the the eventual guilty verdict over uh, Chris Dawson. Yes, uh, we did dub him last night, our very own uh, Angela Lansbury from Murder, She Wrote. Hence the music. Yes. I didn't realise this is the music from Murder, She Wrote. doesn't sound very, like, murderish, does it? No. But anyway, we'll hear from Hedley Thomas. It's an interview. We had a chat to him earlier this afternoon. It's uh, it, it's a chat you don't want to miss. And it's mm. coming up real soon. Just got a text here through uh, 127. 2DU, Dubbo isn't bad either. I love and, Dubbo. Well, when it comes to zoos, it's the greatest. I've never been to the Dubbo Zoo. Outstanding. Mm. Lots of animals. <laughs> That's all I'm giving you. Uh, I've been to Dubbo. I mean, therefore, I got attacked once been in to the Bali mil- too. Oh, um, yeah. I got attacked by flies. Once in Dubbo, I was there, and and I thought, oh god, I must stink or something. But no, apparently because the big flies, it was in the middle of a drought, and mm-hmm. the flies were massive. They like hair product, <laughs> so I had all these, I had all these flies stuck in my hair because I was wearing hair product. And you know what <laughs> I was told to get rid of them, mate? Don't wear hair product in Dubbo. I've gone right, huh? Didn't wear hair product for the rest of my. Trip. I think that's a fair rule in Dubbo. I don't think there'd be too many in Dubbo that would wear. <laughs> Hair products, they're pretty down to earth, the people in Dubbo. Yep, it's probably a pretty good call for anywhere in Australia. Mm. Hey, listen, you and I were just, before coming on air, we're watching the, that great 1990 Kangaroos versus England third test third match, test. the decider. Old Trafford. And we're just just admiring like how tough, how fast the games were. The scrums, they were, unvel- they were entertaining. Mm-hmm. Just watching a scrum by itself. They, they packed it in five seconds and they belted the crap out of each other. <laughs> I mean, Ricky Stewart nearly had his head taken off, didn't he? He was just picking the ball up. Blocker was responsible for half of them. <laughs> yeah. But we're just watching it and I'm going, I was going, how good's Benny Elias? Like, tough raking the ball, doing all the – just being a pest. I thought, and I still think today, Benny Elias is the second greatest hooker that the game's ever seen. That's a big call. Yeah, well, I think Cam is the greatest hooker we've ever seen. Yeah, Cam Smith, yeah. Yeah, Cam Smith. I, I think Benny, when he came into New South Wales Rugby League as a 18, 19-year-old, fresh out of Holy Cross Ride in Sydney where they won the Commonwealth Bank Cup, he got player of the, of the Commonwealth Bank Cup. He changed the way hookers played. He played like another halfback. So – you're saying better than Steve Waters? I, I I just think with the overall skill of his game, Benny, yeah, I think I think he would sit they'd all sit at the same table, put it that way, but Benny's yeah, he was he was phenomenal. Hey, Unbelievable. Gr- particularly our Brisbane listeners through six ninety three uh SENQ in Brizzy. Uh, and particularly if you're a first time texter or caller, O four five seven seven three six seven three six. Do you agree with Satz's opinion? Was Benny Elias the second greatest hooker? to play our game behind Cam Smith. Mm. I mean, Cam, yeah, Cam wins it hands down, without a doubt. But was Benny – I'm surprised. I mean, I think Benny is a great hooker. But Cam was a better referee. Yeah, he was an outstanding ref. Benny, yeah. As a New South Wales supporter, I know that. 
for a fact. It's the first thing I said to him when I met him. We never got along after that. Hey, tonight I'm going to do true or false. You might want to throw a couple uh, at us as well. Okay, true or false. Here's an example. Right. True or false that when you're having peanut butter mm. on your toast, mm. you should also have butter. Butter first, then peanut butter. Didn't we talk about this last week? True or false? False. So you just put peanut butter straight on. We, we talked about this now, last week. You've got to have week. the butter to soften the no. Soften the toast. Well, I disagree, Scott. Because if you use crunchy peanut butter, it just tears the, the toast apart. Well, first of all, you don't have crunchy. You have smooth. Well, see, that's where you got it wrong right there. There's enough nuts. There's in another true or false. True or false. <laughs> Riveting radio. Smooth is better than crunchy. Uh, you know, you just jumped in the car from work. You've had a tough day at the office, and we're talking about bloody peanut butter. Mm. Like, seriously, what is this? Is this? Is this? It's Garland Jackie <laughs> We aren't that show, mate. All right? We've had to talk about sport, but I'd love people's opinion. Now, listen, I, don't, I tell you why I don't put on toast, because then the peanut butter melts and that softens the toast. On a peanut butter sandwich, untoasted, yes, go for it. Mm. Put butter on. Don't agree. Hey, we forgot to do on this day yesterday, and um, so we're going to do yesterday's on this day today. And you'd appreciate this. Oh, you probably weren't aware of this because you only started supporting <laughs> the bunnies a couple of years ago. But Yes, that's right. In 1999, yesterday... They believe upwards of around fifty to sixty thousand people, rugby league fans, marched the streets to town hall. This is all, all in against obviously South Sydney being kicked out of the competition. Hmm. Um, some of our listeners may have been there. The good part about it is it wasn't just South Sydney fans; it was rugby league fans in general. It doesn't matter who you supported; everyone gathered as one and followed George Piggins up. Up to town halls and amazing, amazing scenes. Oh, I was just talking to Jack about that today. I've mentioned to you. I stopped watching rugby league for those few years, and it took me a long time. Even when Souths came yeah, back, yeah, my father did too. It, yeah. it took a long time for me to come back to the game. Even when Souths came back, um, I, I was kind of I was gone. I was on the AFL side. I was I was a fanatical Swan supporter. Still yep. am. Yep. But I chose AFL over rugby league at that time because I thought, I'm, what's the point? I haven't got a team to go for. Mm. It's really interesting. Hey, uh, well. Not that interesting. Don't forget, double pass tonight to give away to the Golden Eagle Race Day at Rose Hill, Saturday 29th of October, thanks to Racing New South Wales, with the traditional Derby Day also on in Melbourne. That day, it creates a perfect storm opportunity for punters to enjoy great quality racing in both states. I agree with this. People in Melbourne have got their nose out of joint with this, but I agree. It, having a wonderful race day like the Golden Eagle mm. only just adds – doesn't it put more eyes on horse racing? Yes, but it is a it's a battle of states. Oh come on, Pete's not like that. Yeah, there's this argument that the Everest will take over from Melbourne. That'll never happen. Ever happen? Won't happen. Uh, buddy from Birong, g'day boys. Steve Walters was a bees away from Cameron Smith. Doesn't agree with you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's very it's all always subjective. But I mean, Boxhead was he's he is one of the greats. He's been named in. Um, it was named in the uh, well, the top hundred players of all time. Yep. Yeah. I, it was Benny. Benny was as well. I'm led to believe. Yeah. What about Mario Fennick? Mario Fennick was an outstanding hooker. It, but yeah, but Mario finished up in the front row. So um, what about it, Danny Bedirus? Like, how are you what you saying? You saying that Benny Elias was better than Bedsy? Um, see, I hate saying they're better. Well, you said that to me well, when we were watching I'm the game. I'm saying that Benny Elias. Was the second greatest hooker behind Cam? I believe had a, had the biggest influence on a position, but not 
But Danny Bedaris was outstanding. Danny was an ex-halfback, came into hooker, and don't get me wrong, one okay, of the greatest out. competitors of all time, world's nicest guy, but he was a great competitor, formed a great relationship with Joey. Benny was the first that was really getting a dummy half and kicking out a dummy half and, and getting out like a halfback, and he was like showing players under and throwing cutout balls, and his skill level was was next level. Cuzzy's on the phone for, uh, listening to SCNQ693. I am in Brizzy. Kazi, you disagree with Sats? Oh, mate, come on. Steve Waddle's number two. Penny number three. All right. I tell you what, though, that 1990 Kangaroo Tour has got to be the most exciting series. That oh, it was just unreal. Like, did we lose the first test? We lost the first test we did at yeah. Wembley. And, yeah, and then nearly the second test until that Ricky Stewart dummy and then the big male push out, but <laughs> mate, that was exciting. That whole the whole series was exciting. I'm pretty sure from memory it was Channel Ten. I remember the old Just Jeans replay with yeah. um, David Morrow, <laughs> yeah. Graham Hughes, and Billy. I think Billy Anderson was there as well on the sideline. Yeah, it was wa- unreal. Wally Lewis. Wally Lewis is one of the sideline commentators as well because he missed out on the 1990 Kangaroo Tour because of his broken arm. Oh, there you go. Yeah, cousin. Oh, hang on. Look. Nathan Gibbs conspiracy, that was. It was too, yeah. It was. <laughs> Cousy, how are the Kiwis going to go in the World Cup? Oh, mate, I tell you what, I've got a seven-leg multi going, right? i got, I got number, number what was, um, Australia win the netball, Australia win the girls cricket, New South Wales, Penrith, the New South Wales Cup, Penrith to win the grand final, and the fifth leg is England to win the World Cup rugby at our certainties, Kangaroos to win the Rugby League World Cup, and the final leg is... France to win the men's World Cup next year. It's looking pretty good, boys. Wow. Well, there you go. Gamble you responsibly. Go. What's yeah. that paying? Uh, it was it was $15 bets paying 2500 I think. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Good All right. Again, as Sad good says, luck. gamble responsibly. Hey, mate, thanks for giving us a call, Cuzzy. Yeah. Well done, Cuz. All right. See you, boys. See you, mate. There you go. Uh, quickly, we've got to go to a break because we've got Headley Thomas standing by. Uh, our sports uh, NRL update very quickly. There's a lot going on at Manly. Actually, can I hold off on that? We'll talk yep. about that later. De- this stuff about Desi still going on. Mm. And I know you and I are getting a bit sick of it. I just, I hate the attack on coaches. I really do, you know. Desi's probably just trying to have a bit of a break after the season before he gets back into it. And his future is just being talked about all the time. We'll get to that real soon. This is Sports Day for Australia's Most Wanted. The Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage cars. The- oh, quickly, before we go to the breaks, that's got to have butter fillers. That's from Cowboy Kev, with his peanut butter. Have to, Kev. Exactly. Yeah, keep your texts coming through. This is Sports Day. Sports Day. The all-new Kia Nero. Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. For Kia, the Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. I thought it was uh, timely that we uh, play a little bit of Murder, She Wrote type music. That's to get us ready for our guest tonight. Uh, He's a journalist, investigative journalist at The Australian. Uh, Australia's most famous podcast journalist. He's got The Teacher's Pet, The Teacher's Trial, The Night Driver, Shandy Story and so on. He's won seven Walkley Awards. Seven Walkleys. Yeah, two gold Walkleys. And no doubt he is the smartest guest we have ever had on this show. He's our Angela Lansbury. Nobody else's. Headley Thomas, welcome to Sports Day. Oh, 
mate. Thanks so much. I thought you were going to compare me to Maxwell Smart. <laughs> we could do that. All right, let's start again. <laughs> yeah. Actually, who did you want him to from Moonlighting? Yeah, Sybil Shepherd. Sybil Shepherd. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, oh, yeah so we like to do things a little bit differently stuff. here, Headley. Hey, thanks for joining us on Sports Day. Many might be thinking, why is Headley Thomas coming on? Because what's the sports uh, attachment to this? And we had some... Some of our listeners last night, which I text you through some of their feedback about how much they love your podcast, and most notably the Teacher's Pet, which the link to sport is, of course, uh, only a few weeks ago, the the, um, the guilty verdict upon Chris Dawson in the disappearance and murder of his, his first wife, Lynn Dawson. So um, I suppose for you coming on the show, and, and our listeners are a big fans of yours, and that podcast itself, why that case? How did it come to your attention, that that matter, that disappearance of Lynn Dawson? You and I share an interest in that case, Scott, because you were for a while uh, looking at you know Chris and Paul Dawson as senior teachers at Coomba State High. I didn't know them when I went to Kebra Park, but they were there the year after I left. And the disappearance of Chris's wife, Lynn, had intrigued me since 2001 when I first heard about it and reported on it. And I just... Come 2018, really wanted to get my teeth into it. I, I started investigating it at the end of 2017. I spent about six months uh, looking through thousands of pages of documents, traveling to Sydney and Newcastle and up to Harvey Bay, where I interviewed Chris's uh, eldest daughter, Chanel, uh, who's just been on 60 Minutes. Mm. And uh, uh, the more I got into it, the more I believed that Chris Dawson had got away with murder. And I just wanted to try to present a story that would unearth new facts and new witnesses and hopefully help motivate authorities to do what I reckon they should have done many, many years ago and put him on trial. Well, the depth of your investigation and and, uh, the gathering of evidence was was second to none. And when you, you talk about back in 1982 when Lynn disappeared, Lynn Dawson, was it a flawed, was it flawed based on the the Chris Dawson being a recognised sportsman at the time and he had this great ability to convince detectives. Maybe or Were detectives in awe of him, do you think, back then and hence why there wasn't a thorough investigation, Headley? Mate, I think both of those uh, matters were in play. Chris and Paul Dawson were not just great footballers, they had profiles as celebrities and it was the twin factor. They were also um, models. They were... Uh, burgeoning, they had had burgeoning careers as models. You can go back and look at some of the things they were in. For example, remember the old um, corn chips ad, Mm. you know, where they'd say, just say CC. Mm. You can look at the stuff on YouTube and there they are uh, presenting themselves and they, they had significant profiles, but they were also playing still in the early 80s, uh, late 70s for the Belrose Eagles, which was the club on the Northern Beaches. And that club's senior patron and uh, president was a senior manly detective. Uh, The Dawsons knew other police. I think at that time, police and footballers had a much stronger relationship. There was a bit of... um, I suppose, you know, wink and a nudge with a lot of the, you know, sorts of things that were going on at that time. I'm not suggesting for a minute that police believe that Chris Dawson killed his wife, Lynn, and deliberately turned a blind eye. I don't think 
that it would be anything like that. I just reckon that because of who he was and because of their profiles, they got an easier run. They didn't come under the scrutiny. There wouldn't have been um, as much suspicion that might fall, for example, on uh, you know a, a, a plumber who you know had no profile and wasn't famous for anything. During your investigation, Headley, and when you were gathering all of your evidence, was there, uh, in your mind, a stage of that investigation where you thought there was a, a gotcha moment, a defining moment where you thought that piece of evidence, I think, is just too overwhelming? Yes, there was. And it was when I found a document that was a handwritten statement, Chris wrote it, and he wrote it in August 1982, and it hadn't been seen by either of the coroners in 2001 and in 2003 who recommended that he be prosecuted for murder. Uh, Of course, the DPP repeatedly refused to prosecute Chris for for murder. But this document, which Chris wrote for the police, was his account of what had happened, what the circumstances were when Lynn disappeared, his own situation, the efforts that he said he had gone to. And it was full of lies and omissions. And for a prosecutor, that kind of um, uh, evidence is gold because it evinces what they call a consciousness of guilt. Not always. Sometimes people can tell lies, not because they're trying to cover up a murder, but because they're worried about getting into trouble for something else. And, you know, that was argued by Chris's defence lawyers in his murder trial. But this document that I found in the New South Wales State Archives, by a bit of luck and a bit of design and and, um, and uh, a big fluke, you know, was for me this um, incredible moment where I thought, here's something that Chris himself has written, which shows that he was lying to the police in August 1982 about Lynn's disappearance uh, in January of that year. And he was lying about the connection that he had, this very unusual connection to the schoolgirl, the girlfriend that he wanted to start his life, wanted to start a new life with. He was lying about um, his movements. He was lying about uh, timings. And he was also lying about having gone to all this trouble to try to find Lynn. As we know, he moved the schoolgirl back into the house at Bayview just two days after Lynn had disappeared, or as we now know, as she was uh, two days after she was murdered. Well, with all that evidence, it's amazing. With, that, with all that evidence, was there? Did you feel at any stage during the trial that it wasn't going to be enough, mate? I believed that the case against Chris Dawson, circumstantially, was really strong, and you and I, I remember talked about this at different times and I expressed my view and I think you were, you know, more open-minded than I was because I had probably just been exposed to it directly for a bit longer and had formed a fixed view. But I felt that if it were prosecuted professionally and the judge would uh, understand and follow the evidence, that it was a really compelling, strong case and that the lies Chris Dawson told and the circumstances surrounding Lynn just suddenly disappearing after marriage counselling in which she said, and he said, it went so well, 
you know, the marriage is back on track. And then the next day she just disappears wearing a pair of pink shorts and uh, and leaving behind her jewellery and all of her clothes and all of her possessions and never returning to a house with 250 grand or the children uh, while, you know, he has uh, put in her bed his um, former schoolgirl lover. Like, all of that just was so damning. It just flies in the face of, you know, human behaviour and what is... Um, you know, I think reasonable. And, it, and so, you know, the case was very well prosecuted. I think the judge was quite brilliant and he seemed to come to grips with a huge amount of evidence in a relatively short time. And then in his judgment went through it in such clever, granular and precise detail that, uh, you know, the guilty verdict was inevitable. Now, I've never asked you this question, so I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit. Lynn's body has never been found, and mm. it, it points towards someone who knows how to dispose of a body for it never to be found after 40 years. Was there ever a belief that he may have been assisted? Yes, and when he was charged with murder, the charge actually uh, leaves open the possibility that he killed Lynn with the assistance of others. could be one or more, and... That question, of course, may never be really answered because I think Chris Dawson's unlikely to ever confess where she is and whether he was helped. Uh, I believe that uh, he definitely had contacts who could have helped him. He could have done it on his own. My personal view, Scott, is that Chris Dawson killed Lynn and that he probably got help with disposing of her body, but we don't have the evidence of that. Mm. Now, with the incoming no body, no parole, New South Wales. The reason I think... Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off there, mate. I was just going to say, one of the reasons that I believe Chris Dawson did the murder himself is because he is not a trusting person. He would have taken a massive risk, even with a professional hitman, to have killed Lynn. He also, I believe, would have been not wanting to spend money that he didn't have, that he could ill afford if he could do it himself. And I think that there's a very interesting part of the evidence where Lynn's mother, Helena Sims, when reflecting on the phone call that she'd had from Lynn on the Friday night, bearing in mind that um, Lynn's probably killed on a Friday night or the, or the Saturday morning. But on the Friday night, Helena wants to talk to her daughter and Chris answers the phone up at Bayview. Helena's at Clovelly. And Helena says, Chris, um, how did it all go? And he's talking about the marriage counselling and, and he was fine. And he said, okay, can I talk to Lynn? She, she didn't come onto the phone. He didn't want her to come onto the phone. And she pressed him and said, no, I want to talk to my daughter. And so Lynn came on the phone. And that's when Lynn was talking about how marriage counselling went really well. Please tell Greg, Phil and Pat, her siblings, that everything's fine. We're back on track. Um, they got a marriage counselling holding hands that afternoon. The staff in the childcare centre saw that. And Helena noticed that Lynn sounded a bit, you know, well drunk. But it wasn't like Lynn because she wasn't a drinker. And 
Helena said, oh, you sound half sozzled to her daughter. It's that lovely expression, sozzled. And uh, Lynn had said, oh, yes, Chris has just made me a lovely drink. Now, um, you know, was there something in that drink that caused Lynn to then be um, unconscious or compliant, sedated? Was was there a you know some kind of um, um, sleeping um, potion or tablet in there? You can only speculate that that comment she made to her mother and about the lovely drink and her mother noting that Chris didn't want her to come on the phone and then when she came on the phone she sounded you know half sozzled is possibly pointing to that. Mm. Now I, I was going to ask earlier on about the incoming nobody, no parole um, mandate that will come into New South Wales, you would think. Do, do you feel, those, feel as though that Lynn's family will ever know where where her body is? But I really hope that something happens, that somebody stumbles on Lynn's bones or uh, there is a disclosure by Chris or someone very close to him about where she is. I doubt though that Chris will volunteer the information he's got an appeal process that no doubt he wants to uh, exhaust before he makes any disclosures whatsoever and even when that's exhausted if Chris has convinced himself that he hasn't done this he's never going to admit anything so tactically you know he should not he he's he would probably be thinking he should never say anything about where Lynn would be while he's still got the possibility of getting out either with appeal an appeal to the Supreme Court then to the Court of Appeal then even possibly to the High Court we know that Chris you know has thrown a lot of money at trying to avoid trial in the first place he went to the High Court after going to the Supreme Court and Court of Appeal to try to get a permanent stay of the proceedings. That means to try to effectively cancel a murder trial altogether. And he argued that he couldn't get a fair trial because of the podcast, The Teacher's Pet, and that that failed. So he may, again, uh, use every appeal opportunity at his disposal, and that's his right. Mm. Um, as for whether, um, when that's at an end, he'll be able to he'll reflect on what's happened and say something. Um, I think it's unlikely. Now, you said that you'd never do another one after the teacher's pet. Now you've punched out Shandy's story and the night driver and the teacher's trial. Can I convince you to take on the Jaden Lesky murder, which is 25-year anniversary? <laughs> May you and I need to go and have a long lunch and you can brief me on, <laughs> on how we can get into that. I'd like to do a podcast with you. <laughs> I, think, I think with your investigative skills and uh, we know you've got a great voice, um, and uh, you, you are in, I can't remember which episode, but you're in uh, at least one of the episodes of The Teacher's Pet, uh, I'd, I'd uh, team up with you. Yeah. And as as many listeners may not know, I, they played a really positive part in my life, the, the Dawson brothers, at my, my time at Coomabar when I was 17 years of age. They, they had played a really big part and role in my life and uh, had a really positive effect on me moving forward. So... Yeah, it was I was very distressed and upset and emotional when when um, it all came to head, but also at some point disgusted as well. So I covered all emotions. And Headley, we cannot thank you enough. It's absolutely yeah. fascinating listening to you um, 
to uh, to dissect that case once again for our listeners who are massive podcast fans and uh, teachers' pet fans as well. So thank you very much for joining us on Sports Day. Thanks, Scott. I mean, I just wanted to also just say I thought that would have been difficult for you being interviewed in the teacher's pet because so many people didn't have anything good to say about either Chris or Paul Dawson, and yet they obviously had done some good things in their teaching careers. You know, it wasn't all one way, and no doubt a number of students were positively influenced by them, and I thought it was really decent of you to just say, well, look, I don't know about a murder, but this is what Chris and Paul Dawson were like for me as football mentors at Coombe Bar State High. And, uh, you know, you were open-minded and, and intellectually honest about their experience and your experience with them. And uh, I think that that helped round out a story that, unfortunately, because of all the other circumstances, uh, was not attractive for either Dawson. Yeah, have it, Headley Thomas. Uh, we spoke to him this afternoon uh, about that case. He's too smart case. for this show, Jace. He's way too smart. Yeah. Uh, if you, we've edited that up. Uh, the full 20-minute chat, you'll find it on Wooshka, well, not Wooshka, on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just look for Sports Day New South Wales. We've got to go to a break. Great chat, Sats. Thanks for turning that up. This is uh, Sports Day for the Kia Sportage. It's been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. Australia's most wanted, the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage, Cars of the Year. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Welcome back. Australia's most wanted, the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage, Cars of the Year. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Yeah, badge on holidays for another couple of weeks. Uh, lots of texts coming through to Sats on 0457 736 736 about the interview uh, with Headley Thomas just then. Well done. Uh, brilliant interview, boys. That's from Fitzy. Uh, Steve from Dubbo loved it as well. He also said he's read a couple of books on the Lesky case. Jaden Lesky case, 1997. Yeah, it's yeah, an amazing tell, case. I mean, we've all heard of the Jaden Lesky thing, and, mm. and you're telling me some stuff off the air. Yeah, it's in Maui, yeah, just west of Victoria, yeah. Incredible stuff. Mm. Hey, listen, what's happened today with Josh Adokar, head of the uh, the Rugby League World Cup? Yeah, we've we've always tiptoed around this subject, and I think we just need to make a, a forthright decision, the ARLC. Josh Adokar, he's put forward the idea that we need to look at the pre-match ritual for Australian sides, a little bit like the Harker for the All Blacks. Now, I've got to remind a lot of rugby league fans and some of the rugby league fans don't need reminding that once upon a time, for 60 years, before any kangaroo tour match, the Australians used to do their own war cry and it used Indigenous dialect as well as part of that war cry. My father was on the 67 kangaroo tour and he he can still recite the words. Yeah, wow. So it was part and parcel of our Australian test teams on kangaroo tours for 60 years and it stopped. Now, I don't know, I don't know why it stopped, but Josh Adokar is calling for it to return. Now, if this jersey, this jersey selection for each of the players that has been adopted by the Australian side for the World Cup is about tradition because everyone used to have a tour number on the kangaroo tours once upon a time. Uh, you didn't play in the, the jersey number and the position you played in most of the time. That stopped also at one stage. So if the jersey numbers is about tradition, let's bring back the war cry. Mm. It's it's powerful. It's I think it's something that 
Australia needs to introduce again. We'll try and get some audio of that uh, tonight and play that. I'm really interested in hearing that. Mm. Uh, just quickly before we go to break on Desi Hasler, um, yep. there's some more stuff around today about leaked documents coming out of the Sea Eagles sats and wanting to have uh, someone alongside him who he can train well, he, up. And, and it seems like his days are numbered. Well, it's about a succession plan. And from more reports, the club is apparently saying, well, for 2023, we want you to adopt a, a uh, an assistant coach who is going to take over from you eventually. Now, if they make the finals this year, there's a trigger clause apparently that gets an extension for 2024. Now, he's got a contract for 2023. There's a chance that he may um, look at some sort of legal parameter around not allowing him to just to, to fulfill his coaching, his coaching description. So um, if he doesn't accept some of the changes that the club want to try and adopt for the 2023 season, which is a succession plan, um, there's a chance that Desi Haslam may no, no longer be the coach of Manly in, in 2023. Now, just to, to allude to what you're talking about, that dates back to, of course, the Pride jersey, which is the Women in League. Round seven players did want to play, and there's been some leaked uh, emails uh, apparently through to one of the uh, the publications around that uh, there was some communication between the, the commercial boss and the general manager of Rugby League, John Bonacera. And the question was asked, just before we go to production with these jerseys, these pride jerseys, we won't have any issues with any players wearing these jerseys for this one-off game. The reply with his email is, no, don't see an issue at all, mate. Now, John Bonacera has apparently come out and has apologised that he did not raise it with Des Hasler. That's a concern within itself, mm. that the, the head of your rugby league department has not communicated something as as important and sensitive as what that was uh, for a club. And when, when the crap hit the fan, who was the person from the club who faced the music and apologised to to everyone on behalf of the club? It was Desi. Mm. And this guy, according to these reports, had no knowledge of it. Mm. And he's the guy they want to get rid of. Yeah, so there, there has been rumours that Josh Hannay has uh, thought of been thought about as that succession plan. Uh, Anthony Seabold doesn't mean Dazzy won't be there, but he'll be there in some capacity. I'm led to believe, and that would be overseeing the coach that takes over the Sats. What are your thoughts on that possibly happening next year if Dazzy wants to keep his job? If his contract doesn't state that, he shouldn't have to put up with that. If you want to look at that moving forward from 2024 onwards, perhaps that's an option. And I reckon Josh Hannay would be a lovely fit for for Manly. Desi's Desi's getting the, the Travoyevich brothers back. He'll, you know what I mean. We're not talking if if given twenty twenty three. If Tom Travoyevich plays the back end of, of course this season, just gone. Manly, I think Manly make the eight. Are we make, having this discussion at all? No, we're not. And if those reports are true about what happened around the Pride jersey, the thing that disabled that it just absolutely ruined the club for the later part of the year. They lost eight in a row, I think, after that. That was no. That wasn't any making of the coach, and that's clearly caused a divide, right? Absolutely. Abs- and, anyone, and he wears anyone, that, and he gets judged thinks, on that. Anyone who thinks otherwise is kidding themselves. And that, and he gets judged purely on on wins versus losses. He had nothing to do with again. If these reports are, are true, so you're saying, like you're saying, he is contracted to 2023. He is, so he should be given next year to prove what he can do with that club with nothing else going on. He's got a CEO in place now 
who's a very switched-on CEO. Good man, Tony Mastroff. So let's let's just give Desi some breathing space and let's stop calling for for play uh, for coaches like himself to be fighting for his job. All he's got to be able to do is fulfil his contractual obligations. And he's that doing is 2023. that. So, and he's doing that. He's committed. I get it where the club's coming from. If he's not going to be part of the plans moving forward, we do need a succession plan. But, you know, it's it's it, not clear cut like that. It's not as clear cut, especially with a club like Manly. But how can you make that decision now, Sats, when we haven't even – we're not even starting – the pre-season for the 2023 season. Why are you yelling? I don't know. I'm, not, I'm like that old man who just yells at something. <laughs> but I'm sick. I'm not even a manly supporter. I'm just sick of everybody. The narrative around sacking coaches all the time. I'm fed up with it. Yeah, I, I think in 2023 with Trebojevic back and um, we see a completely different manly side. And again, something to yell about. we're having completely different conversations if Manly are slicing through the competition in 2023. All right, we're going to go to a break. This is Sports Star. I'm Man yells now. at microphone. That's headline. I feel like the old, I feel like old, the, the grandfather of The Simpson. What are you yelling at? I don't know. Hey, before we go to break, Fitzy sent us a text. Serving boys, good podcasts. Apart from Sports Day, uh, Phoebe's Fall, A Perfect Storm. Yep. Business Wars, I've heard some of those. To Live and Die in LA. You to Live and Die in LA is the second best podcast I've ever heard. That's a big call. So you've got Benny Elias as your second best hooker of all time and to live, to live and die in LA. Yep. Jeez, that's a big call. Mm. Uh, against the Odds. America, against the Odds are really good ones as well. Is it? Is that yeah. like? Is that a story of Phil Collins? <laughs> Take a look at me now. Uh, also, American Scandal. All good. Cheers, Fitzy, for that. Keep your texts coming through. We'll get to those in just a moment. This is Sports Day. Australia's Most Wanted. The Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage, Cars of the Year. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. Australia's Most Wanted. The Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage, Cars of the Year. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. 0457 736 736 is our text number, or you can jump on the phone, 1300 01 1170. Satsy, uh, before we go to another break, mm-hmm. keep, uh, a couple of texts. Second best hooker. I, I wouldn't like to call it second best hooker. I'm just well, sort of saying who said. I th- Steve Walters was. This is uh, Simo from Balmain. I think it's Simo or S L M O, Slamo, Simo. Uh, Steve Walters was a tough, durable player with a high work rate, exceptional dummy half, but he didn't have the anywhere near the combination of skills that Elias had, nor did Danny Badiris. Benny had an exceptional attacking game, options from dummy half, first receiver, kicking game, still made 30 tackles. Strong case to suggest the variety of skills were even better than Cam Smith's. Wow. wow. What about Roycey Simmons? Yeah, Roycey Simmons is a great hooker, a really old-fashioned hooker, high work rate. Uh, Steve Edge was another one, was a good hooker who never played for Australia from 127. And um, Daniel from Prairiewood, Sats and Wee, Wallace Cameron Smith, first and daylight, second in terms of greatest hookers. Benny Elias, being a former halfback, revolutionised the way hookers played the game. Yeah, you're right, sets the tone for the ball, dummy half. Yeah, Badiris, Farah, English hookers, Josh Hodgson, James Roby, Robbie Burrow, yeah. Good text there, Daniel, as well. Rightio, keep your text coming through 0457 736 736. Best one tonight. Uh, wins a double pass to the Golden Eagle Race Day at Rose Hill, Saturday, 29th of October. Thanks to Racing New South Wales. Rugby League. Yes, Pete, <laughs> it's you. We know that. Uh, we're going to get to a break. This is a sports day. Thanks to Kia. Back soon.
The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. We'll be back soon. For Kia, Australia's most wanted. The Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage, Cars of the Year. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Sure is. Uh, welcome back to it. Second hour of the show. Big hour, in fact, uh, coming up. Uh, Tuesday, true or false. Uh, Scott gave us a great example uh, earlier on, which is just open up the floodgates on our text machine, 0457 736 736. Thanks to McDonald Jones. Holmes, it, it, you, what better, what'd you say? True or false? Peanut butter. Oh, and, crunchy and, or smooth? Yeah. Crunchy which, is better than smooth, true or false. Or, that's false. True or false. Yeah. I disagree with you. True or false, that you must put butter on toast before you put your peanut butter on. True. False. So uh, Scott from Quakers Hill says, with your sats, toasted sourdough with a bit of butter, then crunchy peanut butter. Yum. Yes. I'm with you there. And um, St. Boyd. No you're right. butter are you finishing? Sats. Are you finishing your dinner? Yeah, I'm that just sounds, some salmon. That sounds absolutely disgusting. Um, no butter sats on toast. It's a technique. Peanut butter will soften in a few seconds after being placed on the hot toast, then spread. St. Boyd, 2HD. You're an imbecile. MC from you can't do that, St. Boyd. <laughs> MC from Dremoyne. We're just talking earlier about Desi and. I don't know why I was yelling. I'm sorry about that. Uh, love Des. Great coach, even though I'm a Tigers fan. Let him coach next year with no distractions. What about well, the reptile having a go at you? He says, Woogie, are you kidding? He didn't know. Des put secret cameras at the training field. Is that, is Supplies, that, he needs to go. He supp- knew ASAP. Okay, so you read out a text we can't even, we can't even understand. <laughs> Reptile's had a couple under his belt, I think. Just to have a um, – uh, on the on – the, um, chat with uh, Hedley Thomas as yeah. well. Of course, the journalist behind the teacher's pets. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned another case you'd like him to open up and, and investigate. And of course, Jaden Lesky. Yeah. Um, 25th year anniversary. We got a text here, no number, 906. Magnificent interview. And it was Sats. Your interview with, with Hedley Thomas was amazing, mate. As and you said, there's a full length on the podcast. Yep, you yep. can uh, just look for it on Spotify or, or Apple. The, the thing is, well, just look for Sports Day New South Wales. Uh, it, the text here was, who is Jane Letsky? It was Jaden Letsky. Yeah, he's, young, he's a young boy, uh, one year of, of age, uh, went missing. and um, Yeah, and the the boyfriend of, of uh, Jaden Letsky's mother was charged but then exonerated. Of the charges as well. So you're telling me a little bit about this before we came on air. We're just t- chatting about that. Like some of the stuff in this is incredible. And there's two books. You've read two books about this too. Yeah, there is. Yeah, two really good books. One's just called the Jaden Lesky, and another one's called Justice Denied. Right, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Warren from Blacktown's on the text. The best hooker should only be judged when the ball was placed in the middle of the scrum. Yeah, you're you're right, Warren. You're right. Well, then that's 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 Benny Elias. Is a great striker of the ball. Uh, Roy Simmons was a great striker of the ball. Mario, Mario, he, Mario used to have his heels around the opposition's lock forward. That's how far he's. De- <laughs> well, he was he was seven foot tall. Steve Edge was a great fighter for the ball as well. But Benny was great. Benny was great. Remember the you were watching the old nineteen ninety game, and when the man playing the ball, if you put it down too slowly, Benny used to strike at the ball. Both he and Mario were absolute. They were masters of it. And great mm. rivals, those two boys, by the way. Yep. 
Hey, uh, keep your texts coming through 0457 736 736. Thanks to McDonald Jones Homes. The McDonald Jones birthday sale is on now, and the best text tonight will score that uh, double pass to the Golden Eagle Race Day at Rose Hill on Saturday, the 29th of October. Thanks to uh, Racing New South Wales. Uh, I've got a, um, a bit of an update here for you. Watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. We didn't get to this earlier. We just ran out of time. Some more league news for you. Latrell Mitchell has spoken to Channel 9 about how he nearly considered missing the World Cup until he spoke to the coach, Mal Meninga. Yeah, I was just thinking about the kids and going back to my farm, to be honest. It was a long year. I've had a bit you know, up and down roller coaster of a season. Uh, yeah, I was sort of contemplating, but I guess you know, Big Mal gave me a call and I just, I just knew that um, yeah, it was something I wanted to be a part of. Well, he did go to America, of course, with that hamstring injury. Uh, took a, he was a long time out of the game, then um, trying to assist and help South get through to a grand final. Um, yeah, he, it's, it's, it's horses for courses. I mean, it's, yeah, for me, for me, it's season finishes, missed out in the grand final, can't wait to go away on tour on a, with an Australian side. But, um, but that's you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's me. Uh, for Luttrell, you know, his, I suppose his peace of mind and his clarity he gets in life is getting away from from everything and that brings stresses into his life. That's getting to his farm in Taree. So uh, you made a really good point off air, Jace, about you know coaches identify what motivates players and to both of us, and I'm not stealing your thunder here, you said to me off air, you, you feel as though that Latrell seems to be that sort of player that thrives on all that that abuse that he gets on the field, but off the field, he seems to be a player that would love to be cuddled and absolutely and just just massage through the whole process. And maybe that's what Mal has, has done. He's rang up and said, "You know what? We've got a job to we've got a job to try and finish here, and that's win a World Cup." And Wayne Bennett did it the best with with Latrell Mitchell, didn't he? And JD's continued on this year, and and Latrell went through a bit. I don't know. It was a bit. It was a bit feisty towards the end of the season. Those, those, you know, those horrible Roosters supporters and the way they treated him. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're right. He's probably gone. I've had enough footy for this year, and I know he loves it. You, you said it right. When he's in between those white lines, he loves it. Mm. He th- but you know, he's probably just exhausted from it, and yeah, just wanted. He loves that farm, mate. And this is why he'll never go to the Dolphins. Because he's just a three-hour drive up the road to Taree. Mm. He's back on his farm with his family and friends. He just loves that time away. So, yeah, good to see he's actually uh, playing for the Kangaroos and on that tour. What about the 75 UK players have launched a landmark case against the RFL, claiming the game failed to protect them? Bobby Goulding yeah, is Bobby one Yeah, Bobby Goulding was a, a young halfback that came on the scene, had a lot of problems off the field, um, a lot of alcohol involved, um, which is a lot of sportsmen and women when they get in trouble. But, uh, but yeah, he's one of seventy-five players that are looking to to sue the the um, the governing body for for the the depression, the suicidal tendencies, uh, the aggression that they're showing post career. Now, I don't know about this, Jace. I, I I don't know where I sit with it. Well, I do know where I sit with this. I, I feel as though that if if these seventy-five players can can prove that the RFL um, were aware of dangers and still throwing players back out into the field and and not uh, putting any barriers or uh, around the protection of players, absolutely go for your life. If there's trainers or coaches that can be proven that they've thrown you back out in the field, knowing that 
you've suffered bad concussion and and the effects that that concussion can have on you. But Bobby Goulden played, he'd probably be my age. He'd be about 50. So, you know, we weren't as educated as what we are now in relation to the effects mm. to head trauma. And, um, to go back on the game now and hold it accountable, I, I don't agree with that. But if they can prove, if they can prove that they're thrown back out into the action with the knowledge that the governing body have had or clubs would have had, go for your life. But if it's... That's why I'm surprised it's only 75 players, if that's the case, because it was common practice. If you had a head knock, you, you got the magic sponge on the back of your neck and you brushed it off and you went back out again. As you said, Sats, mm. it, it wasn't something that you talked about back in even your day. Like, it just, you didn't talk about concussion. It wasn't, it wasn't, I guess, well, no, well, players the, the, the word's not issue. It's, there, there was two ways to look at it as a player, um, and well before you know, my period when basically it was you'd wear it as a badge of honour to go back out after recovering from a a head knock or getting some sort of concussion. But outside of that, there was this common belief that if you went off, you were leaving your, your teammates stranded. So, But the good part about our game now and the education that we continue to get mm. from the governing body and from all the experts and neurosurgeons is that everyone accepts it now. When, you, when you're told to leave the field because of some sort of head knock – yeah, you're disappointed you've got to leave the field, but there's you very rarely see a player protest over it mm. because they just know that in 15, 20, 30, 40 years down the track that the decisions they're making them. now, yeah, is exactly. Don't risk miss, uh, missing all your team's matches of the T20 World Cup on Kaya Sports. I can't wait after the show tomorrow night to watch the Aussies take on England in the second T20, uh, which is being played at uh, Monaco Oval in Canberra, also the third game uh, being played there as well, which brings me... Mm-hmm. Which brings me to my next point. What's I want to raise. What is it? Is Michael Clark has doubled down today, asking the Australian selectors uh, to to add Steve Smith to the team for the T Twenty World Cup. Now he's in the squad. He went to Perth the other night. He didn't play. Mm-hmm. He was actually dropped from that game. No, he wasn't dropped. Well, he, he was they part took of the it, squad. Yeah, but they didn't take all the squad to Perth mm-hmm. either. So they took him and then decided not to play him. That's yep. i.e. dropped. What is? Well, how else do you say? It? They, you just they went a... with another option. <laughs> Dropped. Yep. I disagree with Michael Clark, and I want to get our listeners' views on this. 0457 736 736. I'm sorry, pup. I'm a massive fan of yours, but I think Steve Smith should be not anywhere near the T20 team. I think, I think we need to move on from the likes of Steve Smith. Steve Smith should be preserved for test cricket. I think that's where he's he will best do his job for Australia and and, and ADIs you probably could too being the longer format but I I don't I think I want to Steve, see the large core I want to see the large core of our Australian Test team if they also fit the shorter formats well, this I want to see what them, I'm saying I want to see them together I want to see your your Warners and your and your Smiths and um give me some more Cam Green Cam Green well Cam Green's not in the in the short version at the moment, but guys that have been part of the test. Yeah. Remember growing up and the test team was also the, yeah, primarily a lot of it was the ODI team. Well, Jeff Marsh and David Byrne opened the batting, Mm. but this is a different game altogether. Again, this is Steve Smith should be out of the T20 team. There are blokes who aren't even in this world cup squad who blitzed it last year in the big bash. I want to see Steve Smith in the T20 because, to me, he's one of the most exciting players when he's on. Are you serious? Yeah. What, Ben McDermott, who scored nearly 600 runs Steve last Smith. 
you'd pick. What is wrong with you? Because it's exciting. Why don't when you when he is go? on, he's one of the most enjoyable batters to watch. All right. Well, let's bring back Greg Chappell then as well to play in the T20s. <laughs> he was one of the most exciting batsmen. I'm, I'm talking about Steve Smith still playing now. I want to see him because he's exciting when he's on. I, I don't, yeah, but when when's he on? It's like Finchie. Mm-hmm. When are they on? It's a big moment about to arrive, the World Cup, as we said last night. What do you think, The listeners? big players arrive in the big moments. Let me throw some names at you. And as okay. the fourth greatest cricket journalist. Yep. This bloke, unfortunately, should be in the squad. Hey, Justin. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cam Green's not even in the squad. Yeah, and he acknowledges that he's coming into a side that the current world champions and he needs to bide his time, so he needs to prepare for the next World Cup. Oh, he's just playing the line. Ben McDermott scored nearly 600 runs. The leading run scorer last year he in the Big Bash. Hobart? Yeah, he scored yep. two centuries on the trot. Yep. He should be in that squad. He should be in there instead of... Steve Smith, who hardly plays T20 cricket because of his international schedule. Jason schedule Sanger. Or schedule. <laughs> yeah. Jason Sanger. John O. Wells as well. Again, Is John his O'Wells. nickname Sausage? Sausage <laughs> Sanger? <laughs> is it? I don't know. I just want to know. I want to know what his nickname what? is. Why do you hate cricket? I, don't, I love cricket. You're trying to sabotage. sabotage no, I love cricket. The, the Rugby League World Cup song. So, <laughs> this... No, I do. So I is do. it still rugby league season? I do love cricket, but I love the test format. I really do. And I love the 50-over format. The T20 is – it's nice. It's it's Vegas cricket. Where's Labashane? Labashagne? I don't know. Where is he? You're, you're the fourth best cricket commentator. You should be able to tell me. What about Uzi? Hmm? These blokes aren't in the team. It, it, but you just want Steve Smith there just to carry the drink. I think Steve Smith is one of the, the best – well, he is – not one of the best batters 20. in the world. So, he, at test, at he test play, level, he can and play one at day. Any, he can play at any level. Oh, He's rubbish. proven that. Rubbish. He can play at any level. Not right now. Save him for the test match. Mm. Here we go. G-Man from Brisbane. Oh, so Steve. You're, you're going to keep going until you get support. Let's forget every other. <laughs> let's forget every other text. I don't care. I don't care who the second best hooker is. I don't care whether you have crunchy or smooth peanut butter. I don't care if you put butter on your taste. Before peanut butter. I don't give a staff. Yep. But G-Man, our, one of our smartest listeners. <laughs> is He's smarter than Headley Thomas. 0457 736736. If this bloke doesn't win a double pass to the races, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Steve Smith is a test match player only. Green should replace him. Green doesn't even know people's names. So <laughs> he shouldn't be in the side. And hey, Reptile Justin, yeah. Thanks for me. says that Steve Smith is boring at short form. <laughs> you know is. what, Reptile? G-Man? I can't wait till the World Cup finishes and Steve Smith is named player of the series. Steve Smith thinks the, the whole 20 overs are just for him. That's, That's the way he... you've got to think. You have to think like Not that. Not batting at six. You have to think that I'm going to dominate every involvement in this game at 20 overs. He was a good leggy at one stage too, wasn't he? What? He was a good leggy. Remember he was born in originally as a leggy? Stop reading the screen. Can you stay focused? So, so he was a leggy. Yes, yeah. that's how he started his, started his career as a yep. bowler. Hey, uh, Brett from Go- – anyway, let us know what you think. 0457 736 736. Of course, we'll only read out those ones who agree with me. Hey, uh, Brett from Gosford mm-hmm. has jumped on the text. Can Sats and Badge, when he's there, stop saying everything is outstanding? Does my head in? No, I don't say outstanding. I say phenomenal too much. Yeah, I've never heard you say that. Phenomenal? Yeah. Yeah, I always say it. Mm. I've never. Uh, it's, it's outstanding. It's an outstanding word. You know the word I love you saying what? is say it. Disgusting. 
You can't say it. You say Sussing. Hey, Brett, did you used to go to Iguana Joe's at Gosford? Is that still there? Brett, is that still there, Iguana Joe's? Used to go. I, I worked in Gosford. I used to go to the Crown Plaza at Terrigal as well. You would too. That was a good joint on a Friday night. I put my tweed slacks on, head on out, white <laughs> shoes. It was fantastic. Uh, where are we? Oh, by the way, go to iCanWin.com.au to win a Ziggy by Ziggler and Brown barbecue this summer. These, these, this is the top of the range. This, these barbecues are outstanding. They'll last forever. Mate of mine's got his, and I'm just barbecue. Can I tell you what you jealous. can do on it? Cook and stuff. MC from Dremoin. Bugger peanut butter. Let's go Vegemite and cheese on toasted sandwich. You could do that. You could do anything on a, on yeah. a Ziggy from Ziggler and Brown. Go to iCanWin.com.au to make sure you enter. Do you agree with Clarky or Woogie? Let us know. Uh, or Woogie, not Clarky. Well, Clarky wants oh, him Oh, Michael in. Clark, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He wants, wants him to stay. So it's a battle him. between two cricket experts. Is that it? You and Michael Clark? His resume is probably a little bit better than yours when it comes to cricket. Can I? Focus again. I just, I'm just i reading this text. reading about yourself. No, Jack. Jack has sent us a text. Yeah. If I was making a US netball team and I could pick the best American netball player or LeBron James, I'm picking LeBron. Oh. Now, I, <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't. What? I don't what? Know. I don't know. I don't get it. Jack, explain it to us. We're, we're pretty simple. Cameron Green should be in the T20 side before Smith every day of the week. Thanks, Rooster Muzz. Muzz beat it. Rooster Muzz and I are getting along at the moment. Mm. I, I feel dirty about that too. Trade up to Continental Ties. This trade period, AFL trade period update. It's the penultimate day. Oh, don't ever use that word. <laughs> Brett from Gosford. Yeah. I'll keep using outstanding if we keep saying penultimate. Mate, I, I, don't, I don't. I see that you didn't read out the one here from Steve, where he says, "Has Jack got an EPL report?" I'd rather listen to that than Woogie. You didn't read that one out, did you? Is that Steve from Dubbo? Yeah. Radio. You are. Uh, the penultimate day, which is the second last day of the AFL trade period. Why do people just say that? I don't know. I hate that word. I hate the word gristle. It's filthy. I don't like it. Mm. What other words don't you like? Uh, Have a think about it. Jelly. Yeah, I don't like the side of jelly. I hate it. Yeah. Anyway, let us know your words you don't like either. Oh, there you go. The reptile. What? If Steve Smith wins player of the tournament, I will tattoo Scott Sattler. Is God on my ass? <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Yeah. Can we uh, keep that one, please, Jack? Uh, Can you isolate that, please? That's what they call it in the biz. Do we have to Do we have to see reptiles' ass, though? That's the – That's a, you know what would be better? You type – you actually putting it on his backside. I won't be getting anywhere near his <laughs> kyber. Uh, anyway, trade update. Brisbane has officially landed Jack Gunston from Hawthorne. Big get – in exchange for pick 48 and a future fourth-round pick, the Lions traded for Gunston instead of signing. Is Norman Gunston's yes, it grandson? Is. Yes, it is. How'd you know that? I've just He played got the man. Band-Aid on his face. Yep. Is that what it is? Uh, for those kids who were born any time after 1980, uh, Norm Gunston was a show on the ABC. It's a very funny show indeed. Uh, they've signed him as a free agent, given it would have uh, diluted their compensation for Dan McStay. Uh, anything else? Uh, Brody Grundy has been traded to Melbourne for pick number 27, while Billy Frampton has moved from Adelaide to the Pies for a future round pick as well. There's lots going on. Tomorrow, you watch tomorrow, it'll be an absolute, absolute, yep. car- it'll be absolute carnage. It will be, yeah. Last trade. day. It will be. Because today's the 
penultimate day, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so tomorrow's yeah. the ultimate day. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. So why isn't the last day called the ultimate day? Don't know. Or is it? Mm. Uh, trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Sats, rip into some texts for us. Um, Adrian from Rouse Hill says, kudos to media personality Steve Price for calling it as is, is in relation to the AFLW. Now, we didn't speak about this, but this is actually on the project, I think it was last week. Both he and Peter Helly had a bit of a set too. He says it's an awful competition that is punishing to watch. I mean, seriously, four quarters of football has bought three points, two points, and one point. Peter Helly got his knickers in a nod over it. The fact of the matter is, rusted on Aussie Real fans are among the hardestest critics. I know what you're saying, Adrian. It is a little bit difficult to watch sometimes, and every team has got an AFLW team, but there's a method to the madness, I believe. Now, Rugby League have done it right. They've drip-fed the teams into it. There's four new teams next year. But that aside, AFLW, it's just a shotgun effect. Let's. What do you mean by that? Well, let's give every team a team. And, yes, there are going to be some blowout scores. Right, yeah. But what it does do, it, it opens up opportunities for all these young girls in – from Perth to Adelaide to Tasmania, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, to feel as though that we've it's, got a pathway. It's not that far away. Yeah, it's yeah. not that far away. So if you if you've got eighteen teams, the opportunity for success in the AFLW is greater. Now, again, like I said, there's going to be some blowouts, but the method of the madness is long term. They're playing the long game. They don't care about now. They're playing ten, fifteen years time when you know there's. All these, this influx of junior development as it comes through, comes to the fore at, at AFLW and, and regional, like just your, your country uh, regional level as well. There's a bigger player base too. You know, more states play AFL. Yeah. So it makes sense to do that. Give it time. Oh, is, it, is it where it wants to be right now? No. No, I think Frio a couple of weeks ago scored one point mm. in an entire game. They scored that near full time. Give it time. I mean, oh, you see the Brisbane Lions girls. They're out, they're outstanding. They, I'm referring to the other, uh, yeah. from Gosford text. But, you, you know, you got some, there are some really good bright patches in the AFLW. It'll grow. It'll take, I don't know how long that's going to take for it to even up and, and, and for more uh, involvement and for better players to come through. I think the difference, though, is the NRLW, it is. It surprised you. It surprised Badge. It, it has. I love it. It's been. A, it's been brilliant. Mm. It's brutal at times. It's got yep. amazing skill. Uh, it's going to get stronger next year with four new teams. Yeah. So the, again, there's a method to the madness for both Absolutely. codes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. More texts. Uh, this is from Peter at Burley Waters. Jace is 100 right. Smith needs to play Test and 50 over cricket only. Don't destroy Cameron Green by putting him in backyard bash. It's meaningless. There's no historical value in 20-over cricket. Nobody remembers who won a 20-over game by next morning. Good oh, point, that's, well, yeah, Yes, it is. But Although I'll remember who wins the World Cup. Yeah, but also it's also the part of the game as well mm-hmm. that is meant to be attracting new viewers to the game and you want the best. I still can't believe Ben McDermott is not in our, world, our T20 World Cup side. Well, he blitzed the Big Bash last year. Yeah, but the year. World Champions. But it doesn't matter. So what you don't change? What do you wait till we lose the World Cup what, what, before you change the team? Their mentality is we need to keep the core of that side together as much as we can because we won a World Cup. Well, that's ridiculous. If that's your basis, <laughs> <laughs> see, you come just, on, you that's ridiculous. An opportunity, then, didn't you? Yeah, I know. Mm. 
But mm. if that's if that's your basis for selecting a side in any sport, that's that's wrong. It should be on performance, shouldn't it? Well, state of origin's built on it. Okay, well in that case then, that case then Nathan Cleary will not play in the World Cup. Well, that's why that's why they believe that Daly Cherry Evans will be given whether you agree with it or not, will Which be given wrong. first opportunity because his relationship with Cam Munster, Ben Hunt, Harry Grant. Mm. Rooster Muzz and I are becoming mates, and I, I've only got one Rooster's mate. Now, Rooster Muzz has sent this text message through four <laughs> times already. Sats, you say, hmm, about 1,967 times. Good year, 1967. Show. My ugly sister was born. Oi. She mm. was a good athlete too, wasn't great she? Great athlete. What was she great at? She was a good Great at- runner, great swimmer, and she was equestrian, a- Equestrian, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, equestrian, yeah. And my dad made her give up all three. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't sexist. <laughs> Made her give up all three. Yep. She was one of the best equestrian riders in the country at one stage. Fair income. Yeah. Wow. Oh, she could have been on this show. I could have been My dad made her give up Lisa. running because she said her legs are going to get too big. Oh, God. You can't <laughs> say that. He said, you can't swim anymore because your shoulders are going to get too big. You can't say that either. <laughs> well, that's what happened back then. You know, it's. Yeah, okay. All right. This yeah. is Sports Day. Before we go to the break, you were talking about Josh Addo Carr earlier. Wanting us to bring back the Indigenous war chant for the Australian team. Is that correct? So Have I 60, got that right? Yeah. So for 60 years, it happened on kangaroo tours before every game where the Australians would line up in a line and they'd go through this war cry that had Indigenous dialect. Uh, it's very hard to get actual audio of it, but I think Jack's been able to chase it. Is this this Noel Kelly, old Noel Ned Kelly, who went on three kangaroo tours? Yeah. Is this him? Reciting yeah, the words of it? We'll go to the break with this. Here it is on Sports Day. Wally, Wala, Chumru, Tingle, Na, Na, Na. Warang, Warang, Yala, Yala, Yala. Miara, Jaliba, Kahu, Kuiwa, Kuiwa, Wa, Woo. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Welcome back. Australia's most wanted. The Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage Cars of the Year. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Now about to do a sports update for Robson Civil Projects. Jobs at robsoncivil.com.au. Also Tuesday, true or false coming up real soon. True or false, is Jack the producer an idiot? That's false. the question. He's one of our smartest colleagues. I thought that. Until recently. Because on the text machine, 0457 736 736 for, for McDonald Jones Homes, um, if I was making – have a listen to this text because we both said on air. We actually you didn't said know this, it was this Jack. That we didn't know him. it was this Jack. We thought it was a real listener. If I was making a US netball team mm-hmm. and I could pick the best American netball player or LeBron James, I'm picking LeBron. That's men's netball. Yep. Yep. Right, so so what what he's actually saying? If I'm right, Jack, and correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. He didn't specify me men's netball, right. by the way. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> correct me if I'm right. So you're saying that if you were to go and watch netball, yep, men's netball, mm. okay, and LeBron James is playing, who's a basketball player in a different sport. No, no, it's the same analogy. No, it's not. It, so it's it's similar sport. You've got the same skill set. It's very similar sport in terms of the yeah, moving, right. the passing, okay, aiming so... for the net. I'm saying, and hang on, fourth, I'm saying that, <laughs> yes. I'm saying that if I was to pick a team, right, and I've got 
the best netball player in America, or I've got LeBron James, which Playing is a household that side. name. I'm picking LeBron every day of the week but, okay. because of the skill, because of people, the way that look at him. He is and the, attractive and to people to come and watch. And the metaphor is Steve right. Smith is... Steve Smith's LeBron James. Yeah. Okay, so let, let me let me understand this, okay? Mm. And we're referring to... My, my argument is that Steve Smith shouldn't be in the T20 World Cup squad. And no one agrees with you. We know. Everyone actually agrees. Mm. And he should be. He should be in the... Just play tests and maybe ODIs. What you're comparing this to... And I'm saying, why aren't players like Ben Derm- Ben McDermott in the squad, or or Cam Green for that for that matter? You're saying let's bring someone from a different sport with a high profile and parachute <sighs> them into a netball team. LeBron James, do you know he plays basketball? I'm saying it's a very similar game. No, but doesn't matter. And LeBron okay, well, let's would be get... LeBron would be phenomenal at netball. Okay. LeBron would be unbelievable. <laughs> let's talk at about netball. netball now. He'd be the LeBron of netball, You're and an I'm idiot. saying that Steve Smith can do both very well. And if it's a choice between what netball I, or cricket, he, he's very good at T20 and also he tests, is, right? He had he plays T20. And I'm T20. saying that if I had a choice, I'd rather watch Steve Smith play 20 than Ben McDermott. And that's because I want to watch Steve Smith. But the thing is, you've got this group of youngsters coming through and blitzing it in the Big Bash. Shouldn't they be rewarded and play the sport? Instead, why don't we then bring in baseball players from, from America and they come and play cricket? Very similar game. They hit a white ball. Yeah. I've seen, I've, I've seen um, no, Freddie no. Flintoff do it once and it was he, he was really good. He At was, baseball? Yeah. You're not he, helping he my argument. smacking them, yeah. Have you got footage of that? Can we, yeah, it's on It's on a great show called uh, A League of Your Own. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll show you some. It's great. But there's my point. Okay, let's bring in American oh, sorry, baseball Wookie's players to play. <laughs> Jack, you're yeah. an idiot. Does anyone agree? With, like, so you... Uh, I'll just say I want to watch Steve Smith bat in any format. While we have him, get him out there. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so is Ronaldo going to line up for <sighs> for someone in the Rugby League World Cup? Very similar. They play with a ball. No, Absolutely. Completely different. Completely Jason, different. That's, 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 that's a that's, stupid that's a argument. Horrible Why argument. would you even What about futsal? About... Would I watch Ronaldo play futsal? 100%. Thank you very much. Netball and basketball are completely different sports. You've been beaten in this argument. I'm with you, Woogs, on Smith. Tests only. By the way, Woogs, did you get Barley Belly at all? Not. We wish you did. Is that your burner phone? Mm. No, I got that. I got some other ones here as well. This has ended up being the hot topic of the night. Uh, You need a couple of good batters in the middle Mm. when playing a team with quality spinners in 2020. Smith is the middle for this problem. Uh, Toronto, Rod, go away. Australia would have lost, would have, sorry, Australia wouldn't have won the last T20 World Cup without Smith. He held them together. Decent runs in, in key games. Thanks for your text. No name on that. Hi, right, guys. I believe that Steve Smith just takes too long to get started. You just can't do that in T20. Replace him with someone that can go from the get-go. That's Brian they from They need one at one end that can just hit them over the, uh, over the rafters. You need one that can control the innings. That's Steve Smith. Mm. UFC's returning to Australia, Sats. Yeah, apparently. It is. Yeah. Uh, Dana White has confirmed UFC 284 will be held in Australia. Stacked card. Uh, I wonder who's going to headline that. Maybe a Robert Whitaker. Thunderlips. Vulcan, Volkanovsky. Steve Smith. I tell you what, this week, you know how much I love my boxing. Mm. Um, George Kambosis and Devin Haney, too, is being fought this week at Rod Laver Arena in Melbourne. It's really flown under the radar. I mean, of course, the last one was at. Marvel Stadium, of course, record crowd. And so the second fight is uh, is this uh, Sunday. 
Yeah, nice. Be amazing, yeah. Hey, uh, just a text here. You might have played the war cry before. Rooster yep. Muzz at it again. Does Rooster Muzz do anything other than listen to We're, we're great we love for it. it. I would love all of the kangaroo players to chant the war cry. Uh, if it's hopefully reintroduced, then all players to sing our national anthem. But we all know, sadly, this will not likely happen again. Mm. I don't know about that. You know what I really do like? And I know we have fun with the Wallabies. I love how the Wallabies has has both anthems. The Indigenous. Like the, like the New Zealand national anthem. Why can't we do that? Why can't we introduce that into not just a sport in Australia, but to everyday life? Yeah, I, I can't see why, why we shouldn't. Well, which G-Man had said, sorry, guys, but that's not a war cry. It is. It was called the Australian Kangaroo Ward Cry. And when done in verse and all players singing, it's actually really impressive. Jack, uh, say. Jack Yeah, it'd be nice to hear. Jack, after nominating that horrific song last week and dribbling that netball bunkin, you need to see a shrink pronto or face a firing squad. Oh, that's that's too that's aggressive. I don't no? think so. I don't. I don't think so. Sixty mm. years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. I can't believe Jack is getting a basketballer to play netball. That makes sense. Keep your text coming through. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. It does not. Uh, the McDonald Jones birthday sale is on now. When we come back, get your true or falses ready, uh, listeners. We'll have them next here on Sports Day. Australia's Most Wanted, the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage, Cars of the Year. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. We'll be back soon. For Kia, the Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Hello, welcome back to the show. Time for True or False. Uh, Tuesday, true or false, actually, because mm. it's Tuesday. For expert car service, book book into your local Repco authorised service centre. Uh, if you've got one for us, you want to you want to throw to Sats oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. I can't see it because my phone system, my SMSs are down over here. I've got them on here. All right, I'm, we're flying high. Any new SMSs we should read out before we get into Tuesday, true or false. So uh, Rocky says, that was a very woke comment from you, Woogie. Very proud of you. Couldn't agree more regarding the Indigenous verse of our national anthem. What do you mean? It's a matter of time before I love our national anthem. I'm part of the minority. I love it because it's our national anthem. It's what we represent. I think it's a matter of time before our national anthem is either changed or the the first verse will be indigenous dialect, what, which it should be. What, what do you what do you say that you're in the minority? I think, I don't, I don't, I think I, the majority I like think a our... Lot of, I don't think a lot of... I don't know. I might be wrong, but I, I just feel as though a lot of people don't like our national anthem, which, like, is, which, which is sad because oh, it, I love it. Was it young changed to all as well, all three? Wasn't that something that was yeah, changed? Yeah, the verses yeah. were changed, yeah. Yeah, which I think is great. But I, I would love to... I'd love the indigenous part add it to the front of the national anthem. I think we should do that. I don't think that's woke. Is that woke? I don't know what woke means anyway. I've used the word, but I don't know what it means. Tuesday, true or false? Let's get stuck into it. Satch, you kick it off. Outstanding show, fellas. Platinum gold, a Hall of Famer. Really? Mate, you're, check it out on the podcast. Uh, look for it. It's um, Sports Day New South Wales through Spotify and, mm-hmm. and Apple. Is it iTunes or Apple? It's one of those. Yep. The Headley Thomas interview, unedited. Um, you'll hear that on there. Your chat with him today. He picks his T20 side as well. Headley <laughs> in the extended version. 
He um, he actually has opinions on Steve Smith whether he should be in the team. No, he um, that chat you had with him was outstanding, mate. Absolutely outstanding. Could have gone for another hour, actually. Oh, it's... easy. Yeah, absolutely easy. Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, true or false? Let's give us one. Okay, true or false, Woogie Mal will have the jersey numbers changed to their original format for the World Cup final if they make it. False. Don't reckon. I think it's too confusing by then. Okay. We'll get we'll get used to them. We'll get used to seeing. Um, Yao in a uh, in twenty four. In twenty four, we'll get used to seeing Regan Campbell Gillard in the six jersey. Nathan Clear in fourteen. Isn't it ridiculous? Yeah. It's just. In fact, we need come to... on, that's ridiculous. But no, I, I think the decision's been made, and I think it'll stay that way. Mm. Like what, I, what are you like saying earlier on? The I, I think I think there's a chance they may do it. Okay. Um, like we're saying, if 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 tradition is about giving every player a a tourist number, which used to happen mm. on kangaroo tours. Mm. Um, well, then, um, I think, I think it may happen. Okay, I think uh, it may happen. Here's one for you, Sats. Uh, true or false? New Zealand will win the Rugby League World Cup. Paying four dollars fifty. Um, false. You don't false. think so? No, I think. Australia and New Zealand, if they go through the way we think they're going to go through in their pools, will face each other in the semis. So whoever wins that will win the World Cup, I think. But no, I think okay. I can think I, Australia will win. Can I throw a secondary? Is it? Is it? Uh, maybe you've just answered it then. Is it Madge's World Cup to lose? I think it's any coaches, especially if you're one of those top ten. He's nations. got the best squad, though, mate. It's a it's unbelievable forward pack. Unbelievable. Yeah. Question mark around the halves. Uh, no, not really. No? No. Who will, who will play in the six? Will it be Foran? Uh, no. Or will be Brown? It'll be um, Dylan Brown. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You won't put Foran in there for a bit of experience? Oh, well, maybe Foran may play seven. Well, instead of Jerome Hughes? No, he won't. Jerome Hughes will play seven. Maybe Foran will become off the bench, number 14. Righty, I've got one more for you. Yep. Will Jack be back next week after that outrageous comment? Our Jack? Yeah, that, oh. yeah. True, 100%. It's 50-50 at the moment. Is that what the poll is? No, this is what I'm thinking. Oh, really? Yeah, no, no, he'll be back. He's outstanding. Right, you got any more? True or false. Now, officials who work in the NRL review panel, they're the ones that decide the fines and the bans, etc. True or false that they should be full-time with the NRL? False. And I want to ask you why you think that. You don't think they need to be full-time? Well, it's not a full-time job. They only kind of work on Mondays and Tuesdays, don't they? So you think it's a part-time role? Absolutely. Yeah, no, Luke Patton, former great fullback for the Dragons and the Bulldogs, he's part of the re- review panel that decides fines and bans. He's, he did a like a couch podcast with a, a betting agency and the NRL are looking at that to say, hang on a sec, if you're involved in the review panel, you can't be involved in you know, advertising of that nature, um, conflict of interest. But because he's only contracted, he's got to find other ways to Make your supplement living. his income. I would think something as important as a review panel would be full-time with the NRL. Okay, so he hands out fines. Mm. Council, he can walk around checking out parking meters all day. What's that got to do with? Oh, oh, Fines, parking fines. Yeah, okay, gotcha. You're with it? Yeah, I am now. 
Righto. Uh, have you got a Tuesday true or false for us? The show's nearly ending. It's it's good news for everyone. Expert car service. Book into your local Repco authorised service centre. 0457 736 736 is our text number. Thanks to the McDonald Jones birthday sale on now. When we come back, we're going to give away a couple of those tickets uh, for the 29th of October. Thanks to Racing New South Wales. We'll do that. Plus, Sats, how's your last laugh looking tonight? Well, it's it's outstanding, but we've had a complaint from last night. Have as you? Well, yeah. But I can pump. Just All trying right. to find you. Same. Save it. Save it. We'll yeah. come back and get into that next year on Sports Day. Australia's most wanted: the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage Cars of the Year. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. We'll be back soon. Welcome back, Australia's most wanted: the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage Cars of the Year. This is Sports Day with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. It's time for the last blast on Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Show's uh, almost over for another night. Time to get into the last blast here on Sports Day. Thanks for your text tonight too, by the way, for McDonald Jones Homes. Um, We've got to give away... Sats that double pass mm. to the Golden Eagle Race Day at Rose Hill on Saturday, 29th of October, thanks to Racing New South Wales. Uh, with Rudimental, they're playing. They're a UK yes. band, yeah. Yeah, so they'll be they'll be performing on the day, which will be good, and it's happening same day as Derby Day, which I reckon mm. is absolutely fantastic for racing. Yep. People in Victoria may not think that, but that's my thoughts. Okay, what do you, what do you, who, who gets it? So it, it, there's a toss-up between uh, the Reptile, who said that if Smith wins Player of the Tournament, he's going to get tattooed on his ass. Scott Sattler is a god. Okay, so we're going to isolate that one, Reptile. Why, why, why would you give him that? Because when Steve Smith does get the T20 Player of the Tournament of the World Cup, we will be videoing that and putting it up on all our socials. Oh, okay. um, but the winner is Scott from Quakers Hill. He says, oh, no, no, Scott, you know – you don't get a Scott from Quakers Hill because you said that I was Sorry, I was, Scott. I was one night suspension <laughs> because my joke last night was the worst yet. You are. Yeah. I love the way you've just named someone <laughs> to get the prize. And this sounds like the Academy Awards. Remember that year? I don't know what I'm yelling. I don't know why you're yelling yeah. either. Um, so it's Simo from Balmain. Oh, well done, Simo. Yeah. It was about the, uh, the, the conversation surrounding. Yeah, hookers, and he, Benny Elias, and yeah, well done. This is off the back of you saying that Benny Elias was probably the second best uh, hooker in the game behind Cam Smith. We're watching some old footage of him in the 1990 Kangaroo Tour of England. Outstanding. Sporty Gav says, what about the moth, Robbie the Moth McCormack? Yeah, he was a great player, Sporty Gav. Two big front rows in front of him. Let's get into it, shall we? Let's get into the last laugh. On Sports Day, it's time for the last laugh with Scott Sattler. I can't believe I just wandered in. I, he's coming right in. He's going to do a set after me. The stage is yours, Sats. Uh, you hand up? Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for all your text tonight. I, the, the text machine's gone absolutely nuts. So mm. thanks for all your texts. Rodio, what do you got for us? Well, it's a sad, it's a sad day because the man who invented throat lozenges died today. Apparently, there's going to be no coffin at the funeral. <laughs> Get that up your Scott from Quakers Hill. <laughs> that was good. Congratulations. Uh, that is the show. That's a wrap. Uh, if you missed the show, 
Just forward to the last bit. Uh, Sats' last laugh. We'll be back tomorrow night. Don't forget to grab the podcast from wherever you're from. See you, Sats. Bye. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.